Hi guys, and welcome to another episode of the MT Stands Podcast. I'm Chukes as always, and with me today, we have Chukwe Buka in the house, and we'll be having a quick look at the games that played out in this match week two. Hey Buka, how's the weekend for you? Yeah, it was another exciting game week. Um, I think there were lots of talking points and lots of penalties also. Good thing is we have Kyle, we have Bamiji here with us and he'll help us to you know, talk through all the things that happened over the last game week. Um, we'll start with the biggest game of that game week, which was Liverpool against Chelsea. Liverpool won that game 2 nil at Stamford Bridge. Uh, with the help of the first half red card to Andreas Christensen. Yeah, I think the, the red card was pretty straightforward, so we don't need to talk about that. But um, we just want to get everyone's thoughts on the game. Abami, you will start with you. How did you see that game? Um, thank you, Ibuka. It's, um, it's great to be here again, talking football with you guys. And going straight to the game, I'm happy you, you claim that um, the red card was it was very obvious. In fact, the referee made a mistake by giving a yellow. I think he was just trying to be to be political. Um, but it's good that they've um, adjusted the VAR to be able to for the referee to be able to go and look at exactly what happened. So yeah, good one to the adjustment of VAR there. Um, so basically, the game I highlighted some very key key points. I mean, Lampard could easily look to the look to the media and say he was a draw before the red card. So he, he, it could be an, an excuse for him, but. Once, once the red card came and that beautiful incision play from Liverpool between um, Salah and Firmino and a beautiful cross to Mane, he was they they never looked back. Chelsea. Um, the first talking point is Kepa. Um, Kepa, Kepa is I'm sorry, is not is not is just not it at this level. He, you you can't you can't make you can't make mistakes like like this at big games like this. And this with the second goal that he gave to Mane. It, it, it really shows that Chelsea. I think Chelsea have already dipped into the transfer market again and have gotten Mendy. So they they really is is a goalkeeper very low on confidence and that's that's the worst place for a player to have um, low confidence as a goalkeeper because it's you, you just really need to ask where did it all go wrong? Was it was it wrong from the Chelsea scouting team in terms of saying okay we should I like this player and in fact, was he good at? He's good at this. He's good at that. But at th- at this point in time, it's really hard for you to say or justify why Chelsea spent that um, plenty money on him. However, um, Lampard Lampard setup was still he, he reeks of um, inexperience of um, a coach at the top level. Honestly, because he he, he really needs to just. Um, own up and yeah, he has a lot of players out, which I feel if they come in, people like Ziyech would definitely improve improve that lineup. But you need to play to what you have, and I don't think he's doing the best job in terms of using both Mount and Avets as wingers. They they are not wingers. They they don't they don't look like it. Um, when I when I put in a lot of effort with his running and everything, although he, he looked a little bit success, suspect with some missed chances. I think there was one um, given to him by Avert, and he, he still missed, even though he was offside. So 
Lampard, Lampard needs to he needs to find a way to make the team work till he can get his full um, his full complement. That's what he's being that's what he's being paid for. But I don't think he's done that enough. And the second talking point is, I mean, it was really good to see Thiago. He he, he just came in, I think, on Friday and got into the game, and he, he looked. That, that's the difference between between a quality player and a player who is just probably on the rise. You don't get anything like he needs a little bit of time to settle or anything. Now, nah, once your quality, he speaks. He speaks immediate, almost immediately. And Thiago, Thiago reeked of quality. But it was a good win for Liverpool, good win for Klopp. Yeah, but Bamiji, don't you think it was a bit easier for Thiago coming in when Chelsea were a man down? Oh, definitely. But he does. He, I promise you, whether Chelsea are 12 men, it's not, there, won't, there won't have been a difference. Thiago is a quality player. <laughs> okay, then. Um, Ty, what are your thoughts on that game? Well, um, I think Bamiji actually just put everything. His analysis was really spot on. Um, I'll start with Liverpool. First of all, I'm really excited to be here because, you know, I'm in the midst of two Chelsea fans, two United fans, and both of you lost, or I mean, last weekend. So, I mean, it's really good um, to have one on you guys. Um, but anyway, uh, back to the game. I think um, Liverpool uh, they played well. Not as well... Not as well as I would like. I don't think we're still banging form, but we, we played well in terms of like the system and the process and the approach to how we play. But that's expected because we are a more settled team, you know, been playing under the, the same manager, pretty much the same coaches. Um, Thiago's addition, obviously, was was um, getting Thiago. The last time I was here, I was like, man, we need to get Thiago or less. I'm checked out from this season. And, you know, thankfully, we're, we're able to get him. Uh, the first half was was even. Liverpool slightly edged it. Maybe Chelsea created more clearer chances. Maybe, you know, it was it was actually an even game. But Liverpool was the better side, and uh, Mane obviously a lot has to be said about him in terms of his his, his, his importance to the team. Everybody mentions Salah, um, but Mane 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 is a top quality player. He, he scores those important goals when we need to score. You know, he scores those decisive goals and he has the right character. If you even take a look at the second goal, uh, you know, yeah, you can blame Kepa and say, oh man, Kepa is, is blown from. But Mane lost the ball when he wanted to, I think he wanted to lay the ball to maybe Robertson and he immediately pressed and he even went beyond the system, closed down, uh, what's he called, um, Kepa with that, with that pass and, you know, and he scored the goal. So Mane, Mane was... And for me, my man of the match. Then Klopp also, I actually liked his um, his approach to the game, especially when Chelsea were were man down. That was the right time to actually put Thiago into the game to let him settle into the the, the team. Even though, as Bamiji said, he don't he doesn't really need to settle because he has played various systems as a world class player. And um and so he just came, he, he bust the whole game. I think they said he had he completed. I don't really, I'm not one to actually really um care about stats like that but you know he i heard he had uh, 75 passes which is really good and you know just from the game you could see how it was going to function other key things that people might not notice though is the fact that fabino played very well you know we're even having a conversation on the group fabino played very well supporting van dyke at the at the back i think without him um Werner probably would have had more opportunities to you know to beat that Liverpool defense and I think it would be more like a recurring thing going 
I mean, Fabinho is too good of a midfielder to just be, you know, to play centre-back for a long time. But with injury crisis of Matip, Matip is getting injured while recovering from an injury. I've never, I've never heard of it in my life. But anyway, um, so Fabinho, I mean, Fabinho will be a good replacement. I'm not really a big fan of Gomez. And um, um, really, I don't even think it's Liverpool quality, to be honest. Another thing... To finalize my point with Liverpool before I go to Chelsea, I think I'm talking long already. Um, Femino, yes, he gave an assist in the game, but I feel like we need to start, we need to start, you know, um, expecting more from him in terms of goal scoring, like goal scoring goals. Yeah, he works for the system, but we need more, we need more output from him. Without that red card, we're still, we're, I mean, we were in charge of the game, but things were not you know as incisive and as sharp as we wanted it to be Firmino shy from taking away shots I know Bamiji used to joke about it but you know so like these things like we need to really we need to start asking more of him but anyway we got the win that's all that matters we ride on uh for Chelsea I like to say that Chelsea Chelsea has a very strong squad it will take time for that squad to ease in and they're still very young players there so, I mean, obviously, they bought Thiago Silva, but it will take more than one player to lead a team. And um, I think this season will be more like last season for them, very topsy-turvy. They have very new additions, inexperienced coach, inexperienced players. I don't really expect much from them. I was expecting the entire game as it was in the end, well, before the record, and I was in shock. Liverpool came out with the win. But one thing that was relatively shocking in that game was Jorginho missing a spot kick. <laughs> How did that make yeah, you feel? I forgot that one, Seth. <laughs> Look, for me, um, you know, people say that why, should, why did Jorginho take the penalty? Should have been Werner. Well, uh, they need to remember that Jorginho has scored all his penalties that he has played uh, before Liverpool won. They played in a regular game. I think the only one he missed was in the um, Carabao Cup final against Man City in the shootout. So he's he's very good and you know he's just one of those. But it was a poor penalty though. I would say it's poor. It was a poor penalty. So if the keeper get, um, guesses the right way, he has a very huge chance of saving it, which um, Alisson did. So I don't really want to call it a poor penalty because that's his technique. I'll just say that well, Alisson did a very good job. Um, the only thing I can add is in Lampard's defense. I want to side with him and say that the, tacti- the tactics he used were not that bad, right? So if you look at Arsenal and the way they play, they have two systems when they are with the ball and when they are without. Lampard tried to do something like that. And um, I think maybe in the second half, would have seen a bit more. And I-, I was actually very impressed with the first half before the red card. So he was playing a 4-4-2 diamond with the ball. Which was Jorginho sitting, Kante and um, Kovacic slightly ahead, Mount as a 10, Havertz and Werner up front. Now, without the ball, Havertz would be the 9, Werner would go to the left, Mason Mount would drift to the right. But because we didn't have the ball in loss, if it you would see Mason Mount more on the right wing, but he was more, he was just um, in that position just for like defensive situations. I really liked what I saw in the first half. I think we, uh, that's Chelsea, they looked. A bit more dangerous, but we made very, very bad decisions when we got closer to Liverpool's goal. I can remember one particular one. That hey, Buka, yeah. When would Lampard like realize that he cannot play both Mount and Avert? 
So it depends on your position and depends on uh, also the formation. I think against Liverpool, he chose to play both of them together and I didn't have a problem with it. Um, against Brighton, he did, but I, I put that down to injuries. Now, if you're looking at it, that yes, when everybody's fit, you know, Harvard should be the 10, Pulisic on the left, ZH on the right, and Mason should be on the bench. But if you choose to play a 4-3-3, especially against a team that you don't expect to um, put a lot of pressure on you, then he can't play both of them in the midfield. Maybe they can't play behind them. Because um, last season, you, you, you saw that he used uh, Mount, Kante, and Barkley, especially in the second half of the season. And this is something that we had been asking him to do a lot, a lot more because you're playing against teams that you don't expect them to dominate, but you're playing... Kovacic, Giorgino, Kante. I see those guys as three DMs. I'm sorry if people have opposing views. I see them as three DMs. And I feel like if I'm going to play against a team, if I'm using the 4 3 3, I would pick only one of them depending on the type of team I'm playing against. Now, you see cases of him playing all three of them at the same time, which I feel is very defensive. I can understand it or I accept it against Liverpool, Emmanuel, Manchester. When you see it against the Watford, okay, that last season, or you see it against an Aston Villa, you're just like, why are we doing this? So he can play them together. He just has to find the right way to do it. I think we would liken it to the whole Gerard and Lampard thing. Can they play together? These guys are not on that level anyway. But still, I think he can find a way, but he just has to get it right. Mount, Mount is a is a is a is a very is a very um, hard worker, and I can tell why Lampard likes him. Lampard probably is a, a young Lampard in him. He, he, his best position is where Avert plays. That's the truth. He, he's just behind the striker. That's the best. That's why. That's why it's going to be a, diff, a difficult decision for Lampard this season to say, okay, am I going to put um, one of the most expensive players on the Premier League to accommodate my own boy, or am I? Because definitely, like Ebuka said, Pulisic has, has that left wing on lock. And I, I personally believe he's going to be Chelsea's best player this season. Then Ziyech as well coming from the right. So unless unless you're going to play Mount in a in a in in the midfield alongside one of those people that he claims is the central defensive midfield, I don't I don't think Kovacic is one. Kovacic, Kovacic he, he could he could he could pass for a box to box midfielder, but um, yeah, if if Lampard cannot. That's what I, I fear for Chelsea for, because I don't think Lampard has that um, tactical ineptitude to to um, put play both of them together. But I, I guess we'll see. Yeah, it makes sense actually. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, we just have to wait and see how that plays out. Yeah. Well, while we're waiting to see how that plays out, the Manchester side's return to action this game weekend. It started off with the United side losing at home to Crystal Palace. Yes, the game was indeed tough, tight to an extent, which I didn't expect. And for starters, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer decided to go with a starting eleven that was very shocking for me. First of all, Pogba just coming back from recovering from the whole COVID situation and coming straight back into the first team. Daniel James without a lot of games during preseason, just jumping into the first team. And Timothy Fosu-Mensa coming on for Aaron Wambisaka. These were three changes I didn't see coming. But 
Tayo, it being United's first game of the season, what were you expecting to see from the United side? Are you really asking me that question? Well, I mean, I guess <laughs> um, I definitely expected a better performance, actually. But I'm not surprised that you know it didn't it didn't come to the fore because obviously um, United currently is a club that basically maybe succeeds or excels or morale or sentiments and obviously those things are down currently because of maybe lack of transfer activity. I'm happy that uh, at least Bamiji is kind of seeing the light in terms of you know I think things are clear. The management is not as ambitious as it should be. When you say and, when you uh, sorry when you say my Management. I'm thinking. Are you looking at the board in general? Like I'm talking club? about the board. I'm talking about the board. Oh, that's okay. why they. That's why they are appointing someone that is, you know, how would I put it? What's the what's the right English English phrase for this? It is. They can control. Not, eh? They, they they appointed someone they could control. Yeah. It, it basically, as I said, it's an establishment man, and is is out of his depth. You know. He, he would do the, he, trust me, you know, if he was a more ambitious manager, let me just dive a bit before I go to the game itself. I know time is short now. Um, he, if, he probably will be complaining and knocking on Woodward's door, like, bro, like, where, who are we signing? In fact, obviously, we have spoken about it. Man, you need a director of football. See the way Chelsea are snapping up players. I was talking about elite mentality and, and I was speaking to my dad on, I think, on Sunday. See Arsenal, I mean, Chelsea, for example, they bought um, Kepa for how much? Maybe close to 80 million um, pounds or whatever the cost is. And they can see it's not working out, but they are not, um, they are not, they are not chilling and saying, no, maybe we spent this amount of money on him. They are going to get another keeper ASAP. Do you understand? That is a club that has ambition. Do you understand? That's a club that, you know, they are not, they are not, like they're not saying, ah, no, no. That's why, you know, the time we chose it to, um, they say, no, maybe you bought Lukaku with some, over 70 something million. No, like that's football is, yeah, you make mistakes, but you, I mean, you go again. But all these sentiments, talking, anyway, but let's now analyze the game itself. I, to be honest, I didn't even watch the game because I actually don't watch my United games. But, you know, I saw the highlights and um, it was. It was more of like last season. The, the most, the, the most, the most demoralizing thing is that you guys or United actually had such a very great high before the end of the season. And I didn't even know, and you know, post lockdown. But the unfortunate thing is that all that has just been, you know, deflated. And as I said, it's a club that rides off morale. Ole, from his time in Mayu, what I've noticed is that he's a strict manager. So he has, he's always a bit like an Alampadu type of manager. Good couple of games, bad couple of games, good couple of games, bad couple of games. You can't win a trophy that way. I, I mean, I'll be, I'll be, I'll, I'll like to know, uh, I'd like to know which, um, what your Man United's target to be for the, for the season. But you know, I mean, maybe top four, but not very ambitious enough. Yeah. So, is this, is this all about? Falling down to the attitude of the board in general towards transfers, towards making those quality signings that are required, or what exactly do you term this ambition, this lack of ambition? What do you, what do you uh, feel is the cause of it? I think it's, I think it's, it's, it's just lack, lack of ambition to 
perhaps you know they feel like this is the time to consolidate yeah when manu when um ferguson if we go back in history when ferguson left he you know manu had you know ambition they bought players like falcao schweinsteiger you know they were you know especially during the time of van Gaal, they had you know they had like a different direction that the club was taking in terms of they wanted to you know it was like a kind of like galactical era they bought really star figures you understand but it didn't work out and they they kind of re, they kind of re-strategized and decided you know what we are going to be focusing on homegrown talent building more organically and so it does shows right now that the ambition of the club is not you know um to is not really win trophies you know because for the, the clear thing i think everybody knows more than not for you to win trophies and compete for trophies in, in in the world of football right now, you need to spend a lot of money. You understand? All those people that say checkbook manager, all those things, all that thing is BS to me. No matter how good of a manager you are, just imagine um, Guardiola coming to coach me and all of us here, and they say he wants to beat Man City. Is it possible? Talent is the talent is the is the core to actually winning trophies. And so without talent, you have to, I mean, you can't do anything. No matter how talented of a manager or even as well-structured of the board, of that body is. But also, you also need coaches to actually nurture the right talent. So you don't have the best players. You don't even have good coaches to nurture the right talent. As I said, when Bamidi invited me to Elegbe TV, right? I said that, you know, if Ole, Ole cannot even be a manager of any club in the, in the English Premier League right now, based on pedigree, do you understand? That was before he got appointed in Manu, but you know, just based on sentiments. I mean, the, the very big mistake was them even signing that, extending his contract. So he's in. A, I mean, they're they just going to pull off another Liverpool, maybe even worse. Oh, well, I hope I hope it's not worse for United, but we can only wait and see. That's the best we can do at this time. But while we're waiting, we'd like to quickly go on a short break and we'll be right back. And we're back. Still on the United Crystal Palace game, which ended 3-1 in favor of United. Uh, Bamiji, could you help us highlight the things that Oli got wrong in that game? Everything. Everything. He 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 probably got everything wrong. Um, first of all, you you shouldn't start um the first game of the season. They say start as you wish to go. You shouldn't start the first game of the season playing people that should probably just be playing um Carabao Cup or probably the FA Cup. There was no reason why he didn't start. Mason Greenwood, I don't, he's saying fatigue, but that doesn't make any sense considering the fact that everybody is coming from the new season together and everything. Because, I mean, if Mason Greenwood had more opportunities to shoot that goal, he'd probably do much better than what Daniel James did in that first half. Also, starting McTominay, McTominay is not a bad um, player, but he, we've not seen that he can hold that central defensive midfield position like Matic did towards the end of last season. I mean, you, you had a team that worked for you. Everybody was fit. Um, probably Bar Pogba coming back from, um, or recovering from coronavirus, 
although there's no there's no justification for the that performance that he dropped, then I mean for Sumensa has not been able to integrate in this team for a very long time. That's why we keep sending him on loan to Crystal Palace, to Fulham. But yet, he starts three players that probably shouldn't be in that first eleven. And the question you just have to ask is, why? Why did you do that? If everybody has been looking at Ole with the eye, I, 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 I for one, I have, I've been giving him that, okay, he, he qualified for the Champions League last season. You guys be easy on him. I'm not. I'm not his biggest fan. If you know me very well, you know I'm not only his biggest fan. I'm just not. I'm just not the guy. I'm tired of United changing coaches. So if we see somebody giving delivering what like we expected, then fine. Let's let's keep giving him a chance. That that was that was my belief. But this season, everything is go- the jury is going to be out on Soja this season. And starting this week, him and Lampard losing this week, just I I, I think he's even giving Ateta a. He had we start out of both of them because I mean they all we can say they all started this new push of old players coming back to manage um, their clubs and Ateta is showing that he's more tactically sound than any of them maybe because of the guidance of Pep but either ways he was really poor from Soja but let's leave Soja out of it Th- that defending I'm not talking from the from the place of a United fan I'm talking as a neutral fan right now that that that, that defending was horrible to what we know defending to be. I mean, it's, it's one of the worst downgrades of all time, going from Vidic and Ferdinand to Maguire and Lindelof. As much as Kepa, as much as Kepa is, a, is, a, is a bad signing for Chelsea, I think Maguire is, is, is edging towards, towards that kind of... Because you, you can't... You, they were both poor. They were both poor, Maguire and Lindelof. They were both poor. Although the spotlight is on Lindelof because you could say the three goals emanated from his side of play. It's too soft. So United, United need to they need to look at that defense because it doesn't matter who you sign um, in the forward. If you're going to keep conceding goals, it it, it brings down morale, which Tyler was very correct on. United, United, how it has always been. United play on morale. So if the morale is low, United is going to is not going to play well. We're not going to play well. No matter, everybody was bad um, on the day. People are saying that taking positive from Van der Beek here. Yeah. Good one to him for scoring on his debut, but there was no there was no positive from that game. If you're a United fan, they, they, I'm sure you're looking at that game and you're scared because I mean you see everybody um, reinforcing. Even Tottenham, they, they they've got gotten in bail regularly. Look at Wolves, they're, they're replacing players that they sold. But at United, it's looking all doom and gloom. And at the first day of the season, it was a really horrible game for United. I mean, kudos to Crystal Palace. They I I you was horrible just for you to know how bad yeah, it, it is. The number nine was horrible at the game, but they, they still they still scored three goals. That's just to highlight how how horrible United's defense defense was on no, the day. Bamiji, as so, as maybe on this defense, is yeah. As much as you want to dwell on the defense, when you look at the attack, I know yes Daniel James started, but there was Bruno Fernandez, there was Rashford, there was Martial. Don't you think that those guys should also Carry that responsibility. Like um, Ibuka, like like Tayo said, which is a it's a is a very shrewd um shrewd observation from him because if you follow United, it's it's kind of what 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 that kind of thing that that feeds on how the game is going. Once Mister Palace called, edge edge dropped almost all edge dropped, almost all edge. Yeah, I understand why you say that. 
I mean, these guys should be enough to to overtake. But Crystal Palace just set up the way West Ham and um, Southampton did last season when United very good run started coming down. They gave us um, early, um, very quick press, which United has, I don't know why I've been unable to deal with. And with that, they put off most of our, our key players. Rashford was off, Marshall was off, even Fernandez was off. So yeah, it's a, it's a, but often at that, when your, when your attacking players are over messing up, why wouldn't you be able to keep a clean sheet against a number nine that, <laughs> that tried to hide the ball while the keeper was standing? No, that was oh, very stupid. I saw that. it and I was like, this so guy. <laughs> like, 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 really, like, really. So, so it, that's what I'm saying. At least, if your attack is messing up, try and keep that clean sheet against a, like, say, a much less, um, less fancy team, because there's still going to be big games played. But at the moment, as I tell you, it's it's looking all doom and gloom for United until they need to fix that defense. Fix that defense and yeah. only like like I said, only the jury is out for only this season. If he messes up this season, then it's gonna be only out. Okay, yeah, thank you. Um I just wanna say something, right? And Bamiji's analysis is like very spot on, especially from a fan's point of view. But you know, I think like I'll liken it to still not and anytime I talk about mining, we need to look at the root cause of this whole issue. Mamiji mentioned the reason why you still are, you know, fitting or wanting to succeed is because you're tired of United changing managers, right? For um, let's look at Chelsea, for example. They have changed more managers than most of all the other big teams. Same thing with Bayern Munich too, right? There is a system and there are managers. Managers in this day and age are dispensable. Um, it's just in England that they make it seem most of the successful clubs they are they have a very high turnover of managers but what they do is the managers that they are recruiting are quality managers so the club structure as it is should be the should be the how would it, the stability or the k right to be the stabilizing factor having a is, director is, is, sorry, sorry, sorry. Is, 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 is vanga quality Quality manager now. <laughs> well, he was a quality manager. Quality manager now. Is Jose quality? Of course, of course. Surely these guys are quality okay, so, managers, right? The problem that so they had with Mayu. The problem that they had. Go on. So I'm asking you. You're telling me that you you need to keep changing quality managers. I'm telling you for like how long? Can't you see United tried to do that? They did. They did with Van Gaal. They did with Bamiji. Okay. Bamiji, they tried to do it, but they, they, they didn't build it on the right foundation, right? Once you have a director of football, right, that he's good, that can actually get recruitment right and strategically. Man is working on vibes basically. They one player, they just put it online, he's giving us useless buzz and eventually don't the player. Fans are deflated. Woodward doesn't have any experience or understanding of this market. So once you have like what's wrong with getting I don't know what this guy's position is in Ajax, but probably his position is really high. But if you can get someone like even if you still want riding on your sentiment waves, but ride on sentiment waves with 
player with ex players that are quality. Maybe you get Van der Sar, for example, as a director of football, running football options, right? Just the way the American model is. And your general, your head coach, whatever you call it, manager, is a plug and play. So the director of football is determining or hiring a manager. Maybe you don't like Jose Mourinho, you don't like Van Gaal. There are other quality managers out there. And so there are other quality managers out there. And so you get managers that fit into the system that you want your club's vision to be. That is like the most sensible thing to do. So any of the things they are talking about, player blah the root of is the glazers actually and you guys are so i don't know if i can swear but i think i can you guys are men to be honest like except some rich saudi um saudi buys you guys and maybe you know someone else you guys they borrowed it to want to to buy manchester united paying they still even borrowed money during this covid period they are still paying that dividend those guys are probably not put a dime in that club you think that's not a model for success, man, to be honest. So, you know, I think all your frustrations, yeah, they're, they're, but it's, it is not, it's, it's basically not even directed at the same, at the right person. But, I mean, what can you do? Except if you have the money that you can buy Manchester United, you know, or, you know, I think that's, that's just the problem. If they can get it right, they probably they don't need too much. Just shift Woodward away. Uh, maybe let him focus on the commercial venture or whatever he has been doing. Well, no, he's an investment manager or investment banker or whatever it is. Then just get someone that knows football to run for Manchester United. Then get coaches. Like, yes, can you, you don't even have any, you can't attract players. You can't, um, I don't even know how you're even doing your recruitment. It's so crazy. Like, found a big, it seems like a good signing, but I think you had more pressing concerns. You had um, right wing back, I mean, right winger to fill. You had so obviously some backs. You have Smalling, who I believe is your best defender. And I don't know where, I don't even know. Is it going to Mar or what? I think maybe you should answer that. I actually wanted to ask you. Yeah, that's what I just wanted to say based on you know, your analysis. I'm, I'm, not, I, I'm, not, I'm not disputing or um, um, disagreeing with you. But I just, I just about about Smalling, yeah. Roma, Roma's manager has made it clear that he wants him back, and I think he's going to be sold. Um, but let me correct you: he's not the best defender in um, United. I personally think um, Eric Bailly is. He's just not serious already to um, take up that role as the best defender. But um, about what you said, if, if, you're probably right. In, nah, you're probably right in terms of the structure. There's something wrong with the structure because if it's in terms of getting the quality, um, you you don't know how tiring it. You you should know. I mean, before Liverpool just started um, shining again, you saw how difficult it was. Why didn't you stick? Why 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 was why didn't you stick with Daglish or this thing? Do you get? It's 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 just it's just very frustrating, aside for United fans generally to see to see that the fact that we should be building on on what was a very good ending to last season. Um, by the Europa League disappointment, but I, I guess, I guess, like you said, we'll see. Yeah, I wish you guys all the best. And I'm not a guy, so podcast listeners too. I'm not a man you hate. I don't know these guys like to pin it on me. I'm not. Please, uh, but Chuck's here. You can, you can go ahead, sir. Hi, hi. I'm sure even our listeners from the tune uh, which you've been going at United, I'm sure they'll be able to say. Take their own position, and if you ask me, I'm sure that position would be that you <laughs> hate United. 
we're going to move you know faster. We're going to move faster because yeah, United has started very roughly this season. I'm not impressed as well, but they still had seven games to go for them in the Premier League, and it's a long season to go. Let's just watch how all of that plays out in the end. But Crystal Palace, along a couple of other clubs, have had an impressive start to this campaign, having 100% win win uh, up till this point. So in the two games, they've won the two games thus far. And I think the likes of Leicester City, Everton, and Arsenal. So this, these three teams that have signed new players, they have new... They have some they have quality in their backroom now, let's say for Arsenal and Everton. So are we looking at these teams, Leicester City, Everton and Arsenal? Are we going to take them seriously this season? Bam, what do you think about these teams? Yeah, I'm I'm glad I'm glad you, you removed Crystal Palace from the conversation because I mean it was just all down to how bad United <laughs> were, but but it's still it's still it's still it's still yeah it's still thumbs up to them and Royoxin. Royoxin, if you if you don't want your team to it used to be Samaladice, but if you don't want your team to go down, just give um, Royoxin a call. About the other teams, Arsenal Arsenal fans should be very excited. I mean that game against West Ham, probably last season or last two seasons is a game they would have lost. But he, he ground out. He, they, they 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 grinded out that win, and and it, it was good to see. It, um, about Leicester, Leicester are flattered to deceive. They they struggled against West Brom in the first half, um, on the opening day, but they finally came with two penalties and even the game against Burnley. So I, I wouldn't say Leicester are, all, are firing on all cylinders yet, but I mean two wins in two games, terms of to Brendan Rodgers, and now who I think you should look out for is Ancelotti. And I'll tell you why. I was talking on radio um, last weekend and Ancelotti used to be the manager that is expected to win a title. Do you know, do you know the best thing a manager could hope for is having no pressure on him. So imagine a man who was demanded to win league titles in Spain, Germany and Italy now in the Premier League and people are just saying his team is not so proper, so just probably a top six would be okay. That's that's the blessing that Ancelotti could ask for because there's absolutely no pressure on him. Last season, he wasn't his team, but you could see immediately he changed his own midfield and said, this is my team and this is how I want. And anybody that watched that game against West Brom, yeah, it's, about, it's against a, a, um, a just a newly promoted team, a team that I think is going down pretty much soon. But you need to watch out for Ancelotti. You really need to watch out for Ancelotti because the best the manager could ask for is not having any pressure on him. If it's to re-emphasize the point about um, um, Ancelotti, yeah, he is. Bamji made a great point about him not having pressure. Their recruitment, Everton, has also been very, very good. Yeah, they are, and they have been... This season, anyway, their recruitment has been very, very good. I think the only major thing issue that he had was team chemistry, then, you know, having someone to, you know, to properly replace Lukaku. And, um, I mean, nobody really believed that Lukaku would be that person. Yeah. So, um, he, on, on, you know, he has stepped up. Obviously, he respects the manager because, I mean, he has, who would not respect Ancelotti? I mean, coach one of the best strikers in the world. I think I saw a video about him referencing, probably, was he in Zaghi? I don't know, Bamiji, was he in Zaghi? 
Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think he was referencing Inzaghi like um that you know a player with one touch, like a striker that it's a striker has to be good with one touch, especially in box or something like that. And so, you know, he 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 he's gonna do really well. And obviously signing a player like Hamas too, you understand. Um, you know, quality player, world class, you know, without a doubt. So, you know, it's going to be um, exciting times for the Premier League. And um, I don't know. Buka, maybe you want to say something. Yeah, I think for me, the biggest reason why I'm happy about Everton is now when we see Everton playing at home to the likes of Arsenal, Liverpool, Man City, we can expect a bit more. So I have this thing about teams that only know how to turn up against Chelsea. You see them, they play Chelsea, uh, <laughs> and then they win. The next game, they play Arsenal, and then they lose comfortably, or they play Liverpool. So the Mercedes side derby has been one-sided for so many years. But I'm just happy that this season, I can watch it and be like, okay, Everton, do something. Because I believe that they can. They are the, they are the I best side derby has, uh, has been tough. Tough. Oh. <laughs> we drew, we drew him last, in last 10. <laughs> it has been very much yeah, yeah. I think the best yeah, that they probably don't. could hope for in the past was always a draw but now with the team that they have and with the uh, manager that they have and his amazing quality I believe that you know we can expect a bit more now yeah hey, Buka, let me yeah. let me add one more thing um, if he tinkered his formation a bit in the game against Westbrook and I, for me personally, I was happy he played Ames Rodriguez through the number 10 position because that is where he is going to eat up the league. If Ancelotti should try what he did with Chelsea, the same formation, um, when he, 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 really, he, really, he really took the league by storm, then I, I, I really, I really, playing James in the number 10, using um, Ducure and probably Andre Gomez, all Sigurdsson playing in um, that midfield position, then Alan sitting. I, I I think um, Everton are in for for a, for a good season. Yeah, I'm surprised he hasn't even started. That, that's, that, that's his preferred formation. So I mean, I'm a bit surprised because he did that at AC Milan, did it um, at Chelsea. There's, there's still a lot of time. I think we have for them. They have like 36 games left, so I hope to see that in the future. Right. So we just yeah, moved to the newly promoted teams. Um, I think we saw Leeds Fulham end in a ridiculous way. I don't think we were expecting that many goals on both sides. Um, game ended 4-3. We saw West Brom lose to Everton, which we already talked about. Um, out of these newly promoted sides, the first question is, who do you think is going to get relegated? And then the second is, is it just one team or are you expecting at least two of them to go down? Okay, for for me, I I I I also said this this um, season is reminiscent of 2013-2014 when we had Crystal Palace, Cardiff, and um, All City coming to the Premier League. Those three lost their first game on the opening day, and same same thing here with Leeds, Fulham, and um, West Brom. But I think Fulham and West Brom are going to go down. They are too open defensively to survive in this league. I mean, you can't come into the league if you are coming into the league. You need to come with a plan. Are you going to attack? Which leads have done? They don't care about conceding, but they're going to show you that we can attack, and they've done that in two games. They scored seven goals. That's amazing for a 
for um, for a team that just coming coming from the championship. But look at West Brom, look at Fulham. They've considered goals left, right, and centre. I'm, I'm I, I I I see I see a lot of goals going against them this season. I mean, the Premier Premier League teams that that you think would have gone down would would be would be licking their lips at facing. Fulham and West Brom because they are going to consider a lot and do they have enough firepower to outscore the other teams like Leeds obviously have I don't think so so yeah Leeds will stay up but I see I see Fulham and West Brom going on. Um, yeah I think I agree with Bamiji actually because um, Fulham yeah I think it's just like the, I think they're in, they're in the Premier League two seasons ago I think they're going back now they're probably like a yo-yo um, West Brom uh, I don't think they have quality, unfortunately. I don't think they do. I don't think they have enough Premier League experience type of players in that sport. Um, so probably only. So let, let me let me let me let me hold you there. They they yeah, actually yeah. do. Matias Pereira is actually Matias Pereira is a quality player, and I think he is one of them that is going to be snapped up almost immediately. But apart from him, okay. he, you could see, you could tell he got a goal at. He got a goal and an assist in that game against um, Everton. He was on that scored free one of, kick, right? one of those guys. Yeah, he was on that scored that free kick. So I think, and he, he got 16 assists last season. I, I keep I keep shouting that. Um, so he, he's not he's not a oh, bad yeah. player, and I think he's one of them that's going to be, he's going to be snapped up pretty soon. Yeah, yeah, even better when they get ready. Yeah, speaking of players that are going to be snapped up, there's one player that we haven't heard a lot of. I'm sure we have to go into a bit of transfers. There's there's been no news on Benrama, and we actually thought that he would be the one player from the championship that would make that move to the Premier League. Bamiji. That 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 game that game against um, um Fulham in the in the championship final, it was it, it was big for him. It was meant to be because there, there were a lot of eyes on him. I'm even hearing that there's a team that is um, probably a Premier League team that is in the market for him, but they're still not certain. He disappointed in that game. He wasn't bad, but he didn't play up to the expectation that um, or to the hype that um, we're hearing. But I, I expect to see him in the Premier League pretty soon because he, 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 his level should be should not be in the Championship. He should probably be playing in the Premier League. Yeah, I also still maintain my point that West Ham Will be relegated. Just Yo, after the mini second point, No, I'm, 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 I'm about, saying my. The thing about West Ham. The thing about West Ham yeah, is ahead, that Bambi. they have. I, I don't. I'm not. I'm not certain what what David Moyes's plan is because he has he has a couple of players that could probably be playing on the bench of like the top six teams in Felipe Anderson. Um, um, Yamalenko, Allah, but he's using them on the bench. I'm not saying Antonio is not good enough, but I mean, if you're a good manager, you can't. You can, there's no, there's no. He's criminal to put those players on the bench because if you play FIFA, these are guys that are probably edging around 79, 80 overall rating. So all they need is just the manager that's going to play them in the best way. And I mean, Lanzini too is on the wings. So West Ham is not if West Ham have a lack of players, but I don't think David Moyes is good enough to to coordinate that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, correct. I, I don't about players and their quality. 
I think we just have to touch um, the Aston Villa-Sheffield game a bit, and specifically Sheffield. Do you think that their recruitment um, policy is really going to bring them down this season? Them not spending big on, on players? That's not, that's not their recruitment policy. I think, I think Sheffield, Sheffield will, be, will be found out this season. What they did last season would absolutely not work. Sheffield is a team that, that, that um, I think, I wouldn't say they have the same mentality with United. That, um, but Sheffield, once everybody plays well, they go on to have a, a decent game. They don't have any individual players that can build them out. They don't. So I, I think I think it's um, because when they did when they did well last season they didn't need, they didn't they didn't need to sign so much they didn't need to sign so much I think McBurney was was their most expensive signing at the time they didn't need to sign so much but he, signing or not signing I always believe that Sheffield will be found out this season and if not for the fact that West Brom and Fulham are just so open at the back they would have been another candidate for relegation. Yeah, thanks for that. We'll just quickly um, talk about Man City a bit. We saw them claim victory against Wolves, and there were lots of, of quality players on display. Kevin De Bruyne doing his thing as usual. Do you think this is their year? Uh, if, let me answer that question. I thought it was their year for Liverpool signed Thiago, and also we have signed Jota too. So. Um, I think I think by the end of next by the end of this season, Liverpool will be two time champions of the Premier League. Uh, let me let me let me echo let me let me echo let me echo what Tyler what just said because it's the truth. Before before this week, I everybody penned down Manchester to win the league. But now Liverpool have done what plenty of people expected them to do because you, you, you can't be that arrogant and think you use the same formula to to um, to win again the way he did, and they they actually signed the perfect signings because they all they needed was a backup for the front three, and Jota Jota can actually play across um, that front three position. And I mean Thiago, like I, like I said, Thiago is a quality signing. He is he, going to massively improve them. The only issue that that might bring is with John, with the captain settled for a place at the bench because Klopp has shown that he wants to play him in the deep line playmaker role. So it's just something that um Klopp would have to, to deal with. But yeah, yeah, expect expect a tough one this Yeah, I just want I just wanted to give for the analysis, right? Because I don't think I know any other thing better than Liverpool. Um I feel like Liverpool will actually rotate our midfield three quite well. If you even check it like you see clubs, if you check most of them get a lot of games between Mayuna or it, it, I mean, they don't sit out too much. Miona, Keita, Ox, Henderson, Fabinho, now Thiago. It's it's, it's it, there are enough games to go around for all of them, and obviously injuries, all those things will come in there. Or just to reemphasize the impact that Thiago will bring for us. You know, Liverpool used to have hard times most times breaking down teams that used to used to sit back. Even although, like, it wasn't really so much of a weakness, but with now with Thiago in the team, it dictates the tempo. It can create pass, you know, keep the movement going. 
then obviously Salah, Firmino, obviously Jota added to to the foray. You know, I I I don't think for just judging by the forty-five minutes, I don't know. It's still early on though, but I don't think it will be too much struggle for us to dispose most of the teams in the Premier League with minimum force. And Liverpool knows this. And if you remember my last week's analysis, is that the team is good and they know it, but it just depends on how zoned in they are. So Liverpool is sometimes they might just take a chill pill and maybe the opponent has to kind of pinch them or put them on the back foot for them to feel like they need to step on the gas. So um but you know having Thiago on aside from his quality also, you know, when you bring quality players to a quality team, everybody wants to impress and show him, you know what, I got this thing too. So um it will be I think perfect signing. I'll still want them to maybe buy one more player, probably a defender, but you know. One other very loyal Liverpool fan, Olumide, told me that there's this guy. I don't even actually know his name, but he's some tall black dude like this that he's really good. That maybe he will be the fourth choice. But let's see. You know, yeah, those are my thoughts. <clears throat> yeah, it's possible. It's very possible for Liverpool to end this season champion. Abamiji, I'm coming for you guys. Ah, shit. You will not be giving all that nonsense. Champions of England, Yans again. I've been on the road for years. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> okay, we saw lots of quality players on display. We also saw the Tottenham um, result against Southampton where Son Heung-min got four goals and Harry Kane had four assists and also a goal. Um, we saw Kevin De Bruyne uh, also play well against uh, Wolves, a goal and an assist. We saw Rupert Zahar score two goals the question is, who is your player of the week? Bamiji, you first. All right, thank you, Ibuka. It's really easy to look at the goals and ignore the people that probably actually played well. I'm not saying scoring a goal doesn't mean he didn't play well, but I mean, we've been too, maybe because of this new FPL generation, we've been too incensed with always scoring and always scoring. But I highlighted um, four people that could be. Could, we could easily say they, they did very well. Lamptey for um, Brighton, he continued his very amazing start to the season, which made a lot of Chelsea people start asking that <laughs> why why did they why did they leave why did they leave James and, and sell Lamptey? Well, he is he, had a very great start to the season. He said that he, he got he, he got injured in that match. Um, Ames Rodriguez for Everton is a catalyst, and I think anything. Good coming from Everton this season is going to come from him. Richardson got three assists in that game. Moving um, Calvert Lewin scored a trick, but Ames Rodriguez was the one that kept things ticking for them. Then, of course, the two Tottenham boys, even though he was down to um, Osenoto, Southampton manager, he's, he, he was really poor in that game, surprisingly, considering how well um, Southampton started that game. But yeah, scoring four goals, four assists, those are really big, amazing stats that you cannot overlook. But my player for the week, he definitely has to go to Son. It's the finishing of those goals were, were, were world-class, basically. And this could probably be the season that we actually start looking at Son in, at the level that we should have been looking at him for a long time. Yeah, I think Bamiji actually, you know, you know, put things out there very clearly. I think Son clearly is very... Very often you see someone score four goals, and um, yeah, he's my player of the week. Funny thing was, that most of those goals, all the four goals seem quite similar. Ball from the yeah. ball from the wing, 
maybe um, um, Southampton's defense too high up, and he's obviously Son is Son is good on both with both feet. So like obviously he's my player of the week. A shout out to Mane though, you know, um, Liverpool boy. Uh, you are going to see that. <laughs> <laughs> right, so thanks guys um, with that we've come to the end of another episode of the Empty Stands podcast um, our listeners please give us feedback let us know how you feel about our podcast and later in the week we'll be dropping um, the FPL tips episode we now understand that that episode is very very important so you have to listen to it because we have guys that are dropping uh, words of wisdom and if you miss out then your team is just going to be utter shit thank you so much guys and um, we'll see you all very soon mm-hmm.